Your child is born whole, and then it is then it's parents' job to keep this homeless. Don't try to uh, make the child be like you. Try to be like the child. Hello everyone, it's Özlem Özkan, your host from Amsterdam. Welcome to the Bridging Podcast. In my search of being the best version of myself, I create this podcast. I go in conversation with people from all over the world. We talk about the narrative in our heads, meditation, goal setting, habits, consciousness, self-awareness, and many other things about personal growth. Join me. You can hit the button to follow me on Instagram or LinkedIn in the episode notes. Welcome to the new episode of the Bridging Podcast. I am here together with Özgür Bolat. So I'm going to introduce you, Özgür. I had to really funnel this. Let me just start. Um, he was a young, driven boy, a very good student at the primary school, high school. He studied education in one of the leading universities in Turkey. Then he did his master's at the Harvard University in the U.S. And then he also gained a Ph.D. in education from the University of Cambridge. So what he does, he serves parents and educators uh, on parenting and educating through his seminars and his parenting school. And he has written four books on parenting. One that brought a lot of attention is The Reward Trap, which is going to be published very soon in English as well. So, and this is very extra special for me because I'm also an educator. I have been practicing teaching for the past 16 years in primary school. And you are an educator, you know, an expert in parenting, but also like an education scientist. And it's extra special because it is actually a cherry on top of the cake because we are recording this in Istanbul where East meets West. Özgür, welcome. Thank you. Thank you so much for inviting me. Yeah, thank you. It's uh, it's amazing to have you here in your place. Really uh, <laughs> okay, yeah. grateful for this. So let's start with the first question. Um, how would you define happiness and success? You have written a lot of books about it. Okay, so I think there are four levels of happiness. Okay. At the top is is wholeness. Okay, so when you feel whole, when you say, I am accepted for who I am, then true happiness, authentic happiness, happiness, which I call peace, comes from this wholeness. Okay? So every child is born whole, and then it is then it's parents' job to keep this wholeness. Mm -hmm. Okay, then we can talk about it, we break it in some way or other. Mm -hmm. Okay. At the top, this is this feeling of peace which comes from the feeling of wholeness. I am whole. And then underneath, there is creating meaning. Okay? So happiness comes from having an impact on other people, creating a meaning. Okay? So, like, if you, if you are changing people's lives for better, then you are creating an impact on their lives. Uh, then happiness comes from this. And... and in Turkish, we call this, I call this joy, mm -hmm. uh, but uh, we can call this joy. Like you, you, you lead a meaningful and joyful life, creating meaning 
in other people's lives. Okay. If I would say purpose, does it equal for you joy? Uh, I think so. Yeah, mm-hmm. joyful life. And so this is two kinds of happiness we need to seek. Okay. So the other thing, of course, you never seek happiness because when you seek something, look for something. You always look for something in an anxious way, right? Mm-hmm. When you lose your key, you look for it. You're always anxious. Am I going to find it or not find it? Then when you look for happiness, you are always in an anxious state. So you will never get it. Okay. So you never seek happiness. What do you do then with happiness if you do not seek it? So you go inside and you try to feel whole and the happiness is the byproduct of that. So happiness is that indicator that your life is whole and you're creating meaning in other people's lives. This is what I call um, like sustainable, authentic happiness. Mm-hmm. And it is uh, inner driven and, and you feel like internally validated. Okay. So if you can't reach this state, I mean, every child is like this, but then the parents in some way or other break this wholeness. We can talk about it later. So if you don't have these two kinds of happiness, then what are you going to do? Then you look for external sources of happiness. Mm -hmm. And then, so I talk about fourth level, third level, and second level is happiness for those people come from having, owning, and winning. Okay. Owning and winning. Winning. That's like an external happiness. This is externally external validation. So for instance, if you think that you are not whole, I mean, everyone is whole, but they don't feel that way. If you think that you don't feel whole and you are not creating meaning for like on other, in other people's lives, then what are you going to do? So you need to, you feel like, uh, you need to be accepted and feel happiness. And then you say, Hey, if I win and if I have a lot of materials, uh, like if I am rich, if I have success, if I have recognition, if I am famous, if I have a status, if I have a position, mm-hmm. this is all winning and owning, right? Then they say, like, people will accept me. Uh, this is what I call, like, externally validated people. Mm-hmm. They look for validation from external sources. Yeah. And this is not sustainable. If your happiness at the level two, if your happiness is based on success, you have to be successful all the time to feel happy. And it is very anxious life. So you are, you are always anxious. You are always looking for the next success. You are, if your happiness is based on money, you have to reach all the time. And you are always anxious that you may lose your money and, and it's not sustainable. So then you, you can ask for like, why then people are at this stage Mm -hmm. because they feel like they can't go to three or four because when they were children their parents give the message that you are not whole as you are how how do you think parents give this message to their children okay we can talk about it but let's talk about level one okay level one happiness for those people who are at the level one come from uh happiness comes from uh having pleasure okay so these people these people always look for pleasure in lives and and uh, in a way 
addiction. In a way, uh, they are addicted to pleasures so that they can escape their inner, um, inner selves. Mm -hmm. Okay, there is a hole. What they think there is a hole in their wholeness, and they feel like they can't get love to fill it, and they need to escape from themselves. So they do it through pleasures. Some do it through work, mm -hmm. uh, sports, doing sports all the time, tele television, socializing, drinking, smoking, all kinds of things, all kinds of things. So like these are four levels, wholeness, meaning, winning, and pleasure. Okay, then the definition of success changes depending on at what level you are, mm -hmm. okay? So if you're at the top, success means uh, keeping your wholeness as it is, mm -hmm. okay? So you are successful in life as long as you are whole. Okay? It's the biggest success you can achieve. Like if you live your life as you are, authentically, it's a huge success, okay? For those at level three, okay? So happiness, success means influencing others creating a meaning, mm -hmm. okay? For those who are at the level two, success means, you know, like winning, having a lot of money, you know, winning all the time, you know, uh, having a status, it's not sustainable. And success for those who are at the level one is like you're successful to the extent you escape from yourself. So definition, definition of success changes depending on the level of happiness you are at. So this is how I define happiness and success. So you initially started with like, if you are whole, if you feel internally a wholeness, then you are already happy. You are already like, happy. Like, you know, the side effect of it is that you are already happy. So how would you describe the feeling of being and feeling whole? Oh, those who feel whole, they are always in the moment, almost always in the moment, and they don't, they don't feel the need to prove themselves to be liked or accepted. Uh, they are authentically interested in what you have to say. Mm -hmm. They don't have hidden agenda. They believe they can give love and accept love, and they feel like they don't have to do anything extra so that people can love them. They already know people love them for who they are. And, and uh, for instance, if I feel whole, if you look down on me, and I, I think to myself, hey, she's humiliating me, mm -hmm. but she can't decide my value. I'm already valuable, and I don't even need to, I don't have, even have the need to defend myself. I feel sorry for you. Yeah. And then I say, hey, why is she doing it? Uh, I must trigger some, some uh, issues. And then uh, they can focus on their own work. Mm -hmm. uh, they don't focus on other people's issues. They don't try to get, elevate themselves so that they feel superior to others. Mm -hmm. Or they don't uh, take other people lower, like down, so that, so that they can feel superior to them. Uh, they don't feel special, but they feel uh, unique. It's very different. Special means like I am special, you are not. Mm -hmm. Unique means I am unique, you can be unique as well. Yeah. 
this is true true self-esteem and yeah i think this is uh and also they can easily depend on other people mm -hmm. and they know that they can enjoy their own solitude and also depend on other people but if they don't feel whole either they are too dependent or they tell uh, tell uh, to themselves that yeah, i don't need them i am strong as i am maybe it's even a resistance towards like you know actually he or she needs them but yeah. it's like no i don't need them I yeah don't. i don't need it's like them. pushing it away yeah i'm strong mm -hmm. i don't need you yeah look I, I don't need your love like love is for weak people so they feel so it's just like uh those people can be very successful mm -hmm. but they rarely enjoy their success because they're always in an anxious state and or they can go to the op opposite pole which is addiction and they, they feel like addicted so uh, if you feel whole you are always in the moment you enjoy your conversation you enjoy people you enjoy being loved and loving yeah so yeah so i i also understood like you know it's not thinking of i'm whole it's really feeling being in the state of being whole and we were born all of us in the world in as the whole. universe as whole yeah. and you know I, i would like to come to the question already now like what happens to us as children maybe later on as young adults and adults that we kind of disassociate from that wholeness that we are all are yeah uh, you said something very nice uh, if you ask them like do you feel whole and they say oh i didn't think about it because it's not in their mindset mm -hmm. like they are just who they are they didn't think about it okay but those sometimes those who don't feel whole they will say the opposite of course i am whole i thought about this and i'm whole in fact they are not yeah uh, so there are many uh, parental practices that break this wholeness okay okay um, one thing is love withdrawal like if you don't do the, if you don't do this i'm not going to talk to you i'm not going to be your daddy i'm not going to be your mommy and and um, i will not establish eye contact i'm not going to talk to you which means if you don't do what i tell you to do mm -hmm. even worse if you are not the kind of person i want you to be then you will not get my love yes and you will you will develop fake personality okay fake self love with trouble second is comparison okay comparison hey your brother look at your brother how he did like he how he did his own work yes okay look everyone ate their dinner you didn't eat your dinner like i will love you if you are like that person okay so comparison other the other thing is emotional abuse okay uh so i don't think people will call this abuse but mm -hmm. i think it's abuse like for instance let's say you are three years old and you don't eat your food and i tell like look you are not eating your food you are making me very upset so you are responsible for my upsetness for my upsetness okay in this universe my happiness depends on your eating your food mm. like it's too much burden on the child and the child thinks if i am responsible for my father's emotion 
then who is responsible for my emotion? So they don't take responsibility for their emotion as well. So forced eating, got to think. The child doesn't want to eat and you, you force him or her to eat something. Other one is shaming. Mm-hmm. Shaming and, and shame on you. I w- like you are a big girl now, I wouldn't expect you to do this. Or you, you embarrass me. Uh, guilt induction. Mm-hmm. Okay, you are, so because of you, your brother is crying. The other thing is uh, talking about your sacrifices for the child. Look, I have done everything for you, so your job is to pay back. The other thing is labeling. It's, it's very hidden dynamic. If I label you as smart, mm-hmm. uh, intelligent, beautiful, handsome, you feel like, oh, I have to, I have to carry that label. I have to earn that label. Because I get seen when I have that label. You yes. Get seen, I get approval. Yes, I get approval when I when I perform my label. So let's say I have labeled you as as uh, beautiful, then you are like ten year olds. Okay, we have a project, social uh, uh, responsibility project. So for instance, uh, like girls, even boys, they don't go to school and. The school calls, like, where are you? And the child says, I have a pimple, I can't come because I have lost my beauty today. Uh, so, or like, there's a lot of research uh, by Dweck, uh, like, if I label you as smart or intelligent, you say, like, hey, if I work hard, if I can't be successful, I will lose that label. So, so labeling, the other thing. The other thing is reward, like, uh, which will, like, my book is about how rewards uh, harm children in the long term. Good boy, good girl, amazing, wow, you yes. this because you've done that. Yeah, this is like, this is praising, mm-hmm. the same thing. And then, of course, punishment, timeout, and uh, judgment. Judgment can be positive or negative. If it is positive, it's praising. Uh, now I'm writing a book on praising and, and um, criticism. Like, if I criticize you, what does it mean? I want to change you. I don't accept you for who you are. And then jogging, like kidding, mm-hmm. ridiculing, those kind of things. All these things break the wholeness. Don't you think like the fundament, in that fundament, there's actually, you see something in the child that you want to change as a parent or as an educator or as someone that is interacting with that child, you see something like, hey, but if you do this, you don't get this, or your brother is this, 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 or don't you think like the fundament there is you want to change, you want to control the child? You don't, you never want to control the child. But, but I mean, isn't the fundament there that actually the people that get interacting with the child they might intend to control the child. That's why they do all these Yes, actions. of course, of course. Yeah. So most, most of the parents do this to control the child. Mm-hmm. Because uh, there are like two reasons, I think. The first one is their own needs. Okay. If I feel not whole as a parent, then if I think that uh, if I don't feel whole, I, I would believe uh, no one can love me, right? So if you tell me that I love you, then I won't believe you. So I'm not lovable. You can't be loving me. Mm-hmm. So I won't believe you. 
And then even like if you tell me you love me, then I will I will lose respect for you. Because like if this girl loves me, like I am not lovable, if she loves me, it means she's not lovable either. Right? Then I lose respect for you. And then the child is born and the uh, parents think to themselves, why? Oh, this this kid is giving me unconditional love. Mm -hmm. I First should, time in my yeah, life. Yes, I should keep that love depending on me all the time. Mm -hmm. Then unconsciously, they control the child and they make the child dependent on themselves. They never let the child grow as an individual person. If, if the child uh, grows as an individual person, he or she will decide uh, she will have their own decision and parents are scared that they can break from them. Mm -hmm. So I have to control them. Second reason is uh, parents control their children because they love them. Because let's say, let's say I have a fear of uh, abandonment. Mm -hmm. Then I say, okay, uh, like if I'm a man, I think to myself, a woman, woman always abandoned. Okay. And then if you're a woman, you might think to yourself, hey, man always abandoned. Okay. Then if I have a boy, like a son, hey, my son will grow up. What will happen? She will be abandoned. I need to protect her. Mm -hmm. What will I do? I should teach him not to trust woman. Mm -hmm. What happens? Then I break his homeless. I transfer my issue to him. Your own fears. You actually yeah. are projecting yeah. it on him. Yeah. So uh, then parents break their child homeless because they love them. So for two reasons, and uh, they consciously or unconsciously. You know, I have a parenting school. Mm -hmm. I talked about these issues like in length. And then uh, one mother said, uh, now everything makes sense. I said, what do you mean? But I have a son. Oh, I always wanted to have a son. Now I know why. I said, why? Because if it is a girl, I was scared that she will go to her father. But now I, I wanted a son because I wanted him to be dependent on me. To love and me unconditionally. Yes, it is much easier. It is much easier uh, for me to, to control the boy. If it is a girl, it's, it's risky. This is what uh, the mom told me. So, you know, about breaking the hole, and say you said you mentioned like, you know, uh, parents or educators or anyone that is interacting with the child makes the child feel guilty. Like if you do this, you, uh, you won't get this or your brother is this and that. I mean, I'm sure many listeners might now feel like, hey, I've also gone through that. You know, yeah. me myself as a bicultural child in the Netherlands, I have heard from my mom like, oh, but what you're doing is shaming me a lot. Don't do that. But your brother, even not your brother, but your friends, the, the daughters of this woman, they don't do that. But why do you do that? A lot. Actually, a lot of wholeness was broken back then as a child. You know, I didn't. And recognize anything until I became a young adult, which was luckily not addicted to things, or but there were other things for sure going on. But by doing a lot of inner work, I found out about true feeling. Mm. It like, you know, oh, but that is actually, I became another person 
then the authentic person I actually want to be. Uh, you know, I'm a very driven person, but it was all to get the attention from my parents. I came with a 9 out of 10. My dad was like, amazing, next time a 10. I came with a 10, amazing, next time a 10 plus. How far can you go? And you know, always like with being driven, driven, driven and kind of burning out because you know, I need to just get there, get there, get there, get there. But even if you get 10 plus, and your father will say, plus, hey, plus. no, 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 we also got 10 plus. Are you the only one? So <laughs> you will never, okay, you know. But exactly. And you know, initially there was a lot of like kind of blaming them. Why did they raise me up like this? They shouldn't have done that, you know. Uh, but you know, after a while, after really being aware of it, you, I got myself compassion towards them. They came also from a culture from, with their upbringing, what they got. I don't think like even my granddad never kind of hugged my dad to say, I love you, son. I mean, that was a not done thing mm -hmm. back then in a little village in Turkey in the 50s, 60s. But okay, the work is done. When the parents listen now and they are like okay but you know mm, unconsciously and deliberately i'm actually also doing things like that i'm saying hey your sister was your brother or uh, what can they do in order to kind of help their children to reach their full potential by being whole okay so i don't think they need to do anything to the child mm -hmm. uh, they need to go uh, inward and and uh, complete their homes so like in my parenting school like i have some seven principles mm -hmm. and and the first principle is raising your child means raising yourself so so having a child means the child is represents your inner child okay so so the way you interact with your inner child or the way you interact with your child is representative of the way you interact with yourself. So the first thing you need to do is, is change the way you interact with yourself. Then, for instance, let's say uh, play is very important for children. Mm -hmm. And I'm telling you, like, in my parenting school, I tell people, like, play is very important. I talk about it. And then they play with their kids. After a beep, some parents say, Hey, I'm very bored. When I ask, like, why do you think people are bored of playing? What kind of people are bored? Okay. And then we discuss this, and then this is what it is. Like, you have an inner child, right? So, as a child, you thought you didn't get the love you deserved. Your parents love you, of course, but they don't always have a loving relationship with you. Two different things. And then you say, hey, my inner child is broken and I need to hide it. Okay. So playing means uh, playing like a child. Okay. You need to be a child. So if your inner child is hidden, you can't play like a child. Then you play like an adult. Yes. So when you play like an adult, you get bored. So what you need to do? is you go back and work yourself and then you say like my why did i hide why did i hide my inner child so how can i how can i uh, like uh, take it out again so you work on yourself 
You know, when you work on yourself, when you stop being too serious, when you like probably you are trying too hard to protect your inner self, then when you give up this control, this this wall, then your inner child is reborn, then you can play with your child. The other thing, if you're judging your child too much, it means you're judging yourself. So you have a judgmental outlook on life. So you ask yourself, but why am I too judgmental? So judgment usually comes from uh, comes from not being able to relate to other people. Like it's, it's a part of like attachment issue. Then you work on yourself. So when you resolve your attachment issues, then you attach uh, with your child. So. We, we don't do anything to the child, we work on ourselves and the end result is a better relationship with the child then I don't need to control him or her then I I come from, like then I change from judgment to understanding if I have a problem with my child rather than teaching him or her the correct way rather than trying to my wisdom to the child I, I try to understand what this child is thinking, what he or she needs, how can I help? So this, this is all about ourselves. I'd like to give an example in the practical way. Like for example, you're playing with your child, you're doing jumping rope, right? And then you know you and there are a lot of people around because you're in a festival. You might think as an adult, like, oh my god, am I gonna jump now? You know, everyone is looking at me, I might be judged as this uh, big uh, woman jumping. But like if you want to get out your inner child, you might just think, I don't care, I'm just going to be there and jump with my son or daughter. I would whatever. just enjoy it. Like, if your inner child is there, you don't even think, you don't even say, I don't care. Like, this, this idea doesn't, doesn't come to mind. Do you know what I mean? Yes. yes. Yeah. So you just enjoy yourself. Yeah. You, you you are not in the thinking, but you are in the being mode. Yes. You are just, you just really enjoy operating it. from being. And for children, there is no failure. For children, there is only trying. Yeah. But later, we label that trying as failure. So a child never thinks to himself, oh, "I'm a failure." They just say, oh, "I'm trying." So this is very important. Trying and failure, like very important. Concepts. Trying and failure. Very, very interesting. Like, you know, actually, like your child might be even a gift for you to open your, reopen your inner child again. Yes. You put it perfectly well. Yeah. The, if you see your child as a gift, yeah. And yeah, everything changes. I told you I have seven principles in parenting school. Mm -hmm. Second principle is this don't try to. Uh, make the child be like you. Try to be like the child. Okay? So if you try to be like the child, so like your child, your life will be very joyful, authentic, you will be very happy. Is it like try to be like that child or try to be like Children. the child in you? It's the same thing. It's the same thing. Okay. I told same you, same like thing, the, yeah. the child represents yeah. your inner self. It's really funny. Do you know voice, voice dialogue is a therapy uh, system? Uh, I heard about it, but I am Yeah, not... I, I got this uh, uh, last Monday and I was in different chairs, in this child chair, in the chair mm. now where I am. 
And, you know, I'm also teaching part-time in primary school third grade students. And what came out of it, like when I'm with the third grade students, they are eight, nine years, I'm really crazy, like really crazy person in bed, but like in a fun way. But that inner child is kind of playing with them. When we yeah. are doing like 10, 20, 30, 40, I'm just jumping with them instead of the books. And after years of working with them, I just had an aha moment after 16 years. Like, mm. That's why I keep doing this. That's why I keep doing this because it connects me to my inner child. I don't have my own children when I'm with the kids. Yeah. It's uh, how was your, I'm just curious to this actually, how would you describe your own childhood? Do you think like you grew up whole? Uh. <laughs> because you know, the funny thing is like you are now educator, educate, yeah, 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 okay, okay. scientist. But where does this come so, from? So, that okay. you are this person that is helping. So we are now being personal. Yeah, we are being okay. personal, so, please. I discovered all this from my own experience. Okay, mm-hmm. I was very successful as a student, and um, so I, I, for instance, I ranked fifth or sixth on like university entrance exam, like SAT, and I called my father. I said I ranked fifth or sixth, like out of like I don't know one million, and he said, "Okay, don't worry about it. Still good." Okay, so uh, then I ranked first. Mm-hmm. In my faculty of education, Boston University, I got the Fulbright Scholarship and Turkish Education Foundation Scholarship. I went to Harvard. My GPA was four out of four. And I went to Cambridge and MIT. I got the Best Young Research Award. And then I was very successful and very happy. Mm-hmm. Okay. But later I realized, when I came back to Turkey, I realized, hey, I have to be successful all the time to be happy. I need new success. So I was looking for, like, where can I be successful? And then I realized all my happiness is based on my success. So I was at the level two. You mean the external? Yeah, external validation. So what I need is I need to go back to my homeless and creating impact on the society, on people. Then, then I started this journey okay parents think if their kids are very successful makes a lot of money uh, they will be happy but like it's all level two not sustainable then i realize like uh i realize i have to prove myself to be accepted and what happened did you realize that i was anxious like i didn't know why i was anxious like i was looking for success like all the time then I started my journey from external validation to internal validation. Uh, did I reach there? Uh, it doesn't matter, like, but I'm on the journey. I'm aware I'm on the journey. I think this is a good thing. When I caught myself being external validated, I remind myself, then I switch to internal validation. How do I switch? I sat down and I wrote my, uh, I wrote the impact I'm trying to create. It is this, like trying to help parents and educators raise uh, individuals, not control them, but raise them, uh, raise children as individual inner beings. So like 
individual inner beings. Yes. Whole beings. Whole beings, yeah. Yes. Raising whole children. Very nice. So individual inner whole beings. So do we really need a parenting school then? Like so, because if you are already whole if you are a whole, uh, you don't need it. And all the information comes from your intuition. Okay? So like every parent has access to this intuition, okay? And they don't think I don't think they need any information from outside. Then if every parent has this intuition and and then why do we have a parenting school? Then parents, if they are anxious, so anxiety stops you from act, having an access to your intuition. Mm -hmm. So what you need to do is not learn from outside, but being whole and not being anxious. And then all the information will come from within. So being whole, not being anxious. I mean, super easy, sex, and also two words, being whole and not being anxious. When you are whole, you always feel secure in this universe, then, then you don't feel, you, you might feel anxious because of the events in your life, but you don't feel this existential anxiousness. It's yeah. actually funny, while we're talking, you know, I'm trying to feel the words you are describing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I could feel it. I could feel it. Being whole and not being anxious. Okay, so and actually like, you know, the parenting school or someone, you might need someone to help you if you feel anxious or anxiety about like, yeah, well, how am I going to deal with the children? with this, this, this is what she's doing and I don't want to, I don't want that she does it or whatever you all observe. Yeah, do you know this uh, exercise, self-affirmation, like there's a lot of research in that standpoint, mm -hmm. like when people affirm their self, mm -hmm. they feel less anxious, which means they go into their wholeness, into their self, and they feel whole. When you feel whole, you don't feel anxious. Yeah. Like to also demonstrate for the listener and watch my YouTube life, you know, it's like really like I am beautiful, I am loving, I am kind, I am already successful, the I am words. Are you talking about that? Or are we no, no, about I never talk about uh, that. I'm so sorry. When you say affirmations, I was thinking Stop. like that. No, I never talk about this. Okay. In there, there is even research mm -hmm. which shows those phrases mm -hmm. are helpful to those mm -hmm. who have self-esteem, mm -hmm. not helpful to those who have low self-esteem. Mm, there is research and, and very high quality research. Mm -hmm. I can give you the article. What I, self-affirmation, self-affirmation exercise is this. Uh, you ask yourself, what is my value and why is it important to me? What is my value and why is it important, important to me? You, you write, down and uh, the name of the researcher is Cohen, like uh, from Stanford. Like there's a lot of research, and um, so those who affirm themselves, they feel happier, more successful, and less anxious. So what is my value? And why is it important? Why is it important? So an actually, what is your most important value? Why is it important to you? And when, whatever happens, whatever anyone says to you, whatever circumstances you are, once you affirm this, what is my value, 
you know, it's like kind of a glass around you that it's not even yeah. touching. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. That's a really good one. So, yeah. Uh, then um, we talked about wholeness, like when you are already whole. When you feel whole. When you feel... Everyone is okay. whole, but they don't feel that way. When you feel whole, you know intuitively how you need to educate and parent your children already. Yes. And everything what you see in your child is kind of you are projecting something that is inside of you on your children. And the way to kind of dance with that is being a child with your child. So play a lot with children, that's what you're saying. Yeah, so work on yourself, try to feel whole. Mm -hmm. So uh, in order to do that, you have to find your values mm -hmm. and uh, live uh, authentically. And then like meet your inner child and then everything will come from like flow from this to your children, so you don't have to do anything uh, extra. I'm going to write this down. What is my value and why is it important to me? I will send you the articles and you can read and, you know, Please. it's a very, like, uh, established line of research. Thank you so much, Uzzu. No, thank you I for inviting me. so yeah. much. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you loved this episode. If you have loved it, please leave a review. If you did not love it, please also leave a review. And so I can make a better one next time. And if you want to know more about the workshops and courses I am teaching, visit my website, ozkanozlem.com. I will spell it for you. It's a Turkish name. O-Z-K-A-N-O-Z-L-E-M.com. May you be the best version of yourself today. Bye for now.